Hi, this is Anna, and this is Check It at the Round Table, where we discuss movies, books, music, and stuff. Today we are discussing the Taiwanese BL drama series, Craving You. This was a mini-series that consisted of 10 episodes. It premiered November 25th. 2020 for the final episode, I believe. I recently came across this because YouTube has a wonderful feature where they give you recommendations. And a lot of times you're sitting there going, what the bloody blank? I mean, the recommendations don't always work out the way you'd hope. But this time was one of those rare instances where the recommendation piqued my curiosity. I was like, you know, I'm going to check out this series. And of course, being Anna, I watched the end first. I thought, you know, this looks interesting. So this afternoon I came home from trekking and fjording the, you know, whatever you want to call it, the hills, dales, and whatever, twice, because I forgot stuff the last time I went to go run errands. And I came home and was really tired, and so I decided to watch Craving You episodes 1 through 10. I enjoyed this this series. It was very interesting. It was not that well done, I do have to say, to be quite honest. It's not one of my favorite for quality, but the two main characters of Kent and Kane were very likable human beings had some things they had to work through. And at the end, I really did like the conclusion. The story is about an internet sensation singer, songwriter, guitarist. And he's famous for a song called Eight Seconds, about basically how in eight seconds you know if you like someone or not. There is a whole debate here on whether that's a truism or not. You know, you can read about Blink, that famous book. But anyway... The character of Kent is asked by someone who works for him if he would like to do a collaborative project with this guitarist because he is a cake baker and the guitarist is an internet sensation and it might boost the popularity of both their product lines, basically. Um, The cake baker is very famous. He's got a lot of fangirls. The guitarist is very famous. He's got a lot of fangirls, too. They go to meet up, and the guitarist is able to do about five seconds of his song before he is absolutely surrounded by fangirls and has to beat it. And as he's doing that, he looks up in the middle of that run, and he just smiles and kind of winks at Kent, the cake baker. And that kind of takes the cake baker back. I think that's kind of why he ended up liking this um, other character named Kane. Um, They're a really interesting couple, in my opinion. They're not like a typical BL couple. They're kind of unusual. The one is uber quiet, and the other is kind of gregarious. But the uber quiet one, once he gets um, to where he's comfortable around someone, like in the last episode, I'm just saying, the final scene, I think we can all agree he's not the quiet reserve type anymore. But anyway, the story progresses... um, Kent, the cake baker, shows Kane how to make madelines, how to make cakes, etc. He also, um, Kane comes in because he's the one closest to the building when it happens. And Kent had an episode where he is deathly afraid of the dark. Um, it makes him go into massive stress. And 
King kind of helped him out of that. And I think that's when they kind of started to be closer to one another. Um, as the story continues, Kent tells Cain that he does like him, but that does not mean, in his opinion, that Cain has to reciprocate, which I think is kind of an interesting turn of events. Usually in any kind of drama, when the one character says they like the other, they basically demand a response. And Kent is one of the few I've ever seen in a drama that he's like, you know, I like you as a person. I think you're interesting and have good quality traits. But that does not mean that you have to like me back. And I think that's one of the reasons I did enjoy his characterization. As the story progresses, you find out that there's this character named Soda who is getting married to a character named Noah. Um, I really did not like Soda at all. I can honestly say, do I sympathize with him? Yeah, I do. He had some major stuff he was trying to work through. But at the end of the day... He hurt the one he loved really bad in ways that he should never have gotten himself into. And I felt really bad for the Noah character, even though we're all supposed to think it turned out okay, because I think in the end he would feel like he's second runner-up. And you never want to really feel like you're second, third, fourth runner-up in a relationship, or you're the one that was there and so that's the one they ended up with. What happened was when Soto was in high school, he ended up being friends with Kane, wanted to be more than friends. His dad came completely unglued because he found a note that he was going to give Kane that I don't think had anything that was ludicrous in it all. It just simply said, I liked you. And that completely threw his dad off. His dad divorced his mom. Um, and this is something that is still bothering Soda to this day. Um, he and Kane never had a relationship. Um, they were friends, and that's kind of where that ended. Um, they did have necklaces that they shared because Kane gave him a necklace and had one too. And what happens is Noah and Soda decide to get married. They ask. Cain, they did not realize it was Cain at the time, to do a song for them, and also to have Kent make them a cake. So basically what you have is this really obtuse love triangle, if you will, or love square, I guess would be the better term, where you have Noah and Soda getting married, and then you have Cain and Kent trying to decide if they're going to be in a relationship, mainly because Kent's thrown the ball into um, Cain's court and said, you know, you can do what you will with this. I'm not going to be feeling bad either way. And then you have Soda over in the other square going, do I really want to end up with um, Noah? Or am I going to feel bad if I don't pursue trying to figure out if maybe I should have really been with Cain? At the end of the day, the honest to goodness truth is it didn't work out with Cain. I mean, they went their separate ways after high school. And, you know, I think a lot of people think the what-ifs of life. Like, there's two books. I think it'll be kind of fun to read them. Um, it's called What If. It's basically different things in history and how would it have played out differently, you know, if things had gone differently. And you can't live your life in the what-ifs. Really, it is in the what-is. What is, is that he and Noah were a couple. What is, is he and Cain never were a couple. And you can't go back in time to when you're 
16, 18 years old and redo a relationship possibility that honestly may or may not have worked out. Not because either party was bad, good, or indifferent, simply because that's not the way things played out. What happens is Noah finds out that, you know, so does having trouble committing to the relationship, committing to getting married. He actually misses their wedding pictures. And I think that's kind of the final straw for um, Noah. He just, he leaves after that and feels really bad. Turns off his phone, etc. And Soda is sitting there trying to figure out what to do. What should he do since his world He wants to be with Noah. He wants to have that work. But he's also terrified of the commitment of a marriage. I've never really quite understood why, you know, you know, living together, it's kind of like in Sherlock Holmes, in the one with Benedict Cumberbatch, where, you know, Watson and his girlfriend, who'd been living together for like two years at that point, decided to get married, and um, everyone's excited. And granted, it's lovely to have a wedding, don't get me wrong. But, you know, as Sherlock said, there are two people who've been living together for two years that are going to get married and then continue to live together for years and years. It's it's basically a party. And so, no offense, but you know, there is a lot more to marriage than that. I will be the first to concur that it is about sitting there up in front of people, letting them know that you're committing to this person. And I think that's what really freaked Soda out because he'd seen everything go so wrong with his parents, blamed himself for part of that, when honestly, if it hadn't been him in the note, it would have been something else, to be quite honest. His mother and father's relationship was screwed up as it was. So no offense, I'm going, you know, the poor kid did not need that on his plate. But Soda basically goes and talks to Kent and um, says, you know, there's a scene where Kane is in the hospital. He had an allergic reaction to nuts because he was eating way too much biscotti at Kent's bakery. And he ends up in the hospital Soda helps him get there, and Soda's sitting there, kind of holding his hand. And Kent walks in, because he found out that Kane had been hurt. And he says, what are you doing, Soda? What do you really want in life? And, you know, that's what I think I like best about Kent's character, is number one, you think he's this uber-reserved person who's zero fun, and then you go, no, he's not. He simply is reserved until he gets to know people. And he's sitting there with Soda, and he goes, Soda, you're getting married. And you really do need to figure out if you want to get married, if you want to be with Noah, or if you want to do something else with your life. Because, you know, you need to figure this out before you end up making a mistake that you're going to regret, that other people are going to regret. You need to ask yourself, what do you want? What do you want to do with your life? And I think that moment in that hospital with Kent and with Soda is one of the best in this series because quite frankly the series isn't that well made the acting isn't that fantastic and you know no offense I'm not really in to a lot of Taiwanese drama it's just not my thing particularly I haven't seen a lot of it either so I'm going to be completely honest there and say you know I don't know enough about it to give a very broad description but I will say the only one that I can think of that I've really really liked has been Love Life on the Line History 2. Um, I'm sorry no, no right or wrong History 2 uh, excuse me there was a mistake there Love Life on the Line is Japanese but 
the moment here with Kent and with Soda, I think is a great moment for me because you do need to sit there sometimes in your life and go, what do you want out of life? And ask that question before you end up hurting people, even by accident. Because, I mean, if you sat there and said, Soda, are you trying to break apart your relationship with Noe? You go, no, I'm not trying to do that. I'm just confused and stressed out. So anyway, Soda leaves. Kent stays in the hospital with Kane. A person takes a picture of Kent and Kane together in the hospital room. It is so ridiculous. All they were doing was Kane was holding Kent's hand in the hospital room, and Kent happened to reach up and touch Kane's forehead. That was it, and that was considered a major scandal. What happens is Kane's basically agent says, Kane, you have to release a press release that says you have no relationship with Kent, and you need to decide if you want to be a singer or if you want to be in a relationship with Kent. There is always a third way, peeps, and that's kind of what the end of this is about, because what happens is Kent and Kane have a discussion, basically, where Kane says, this is what my agent has told me. And at the very beginning of the series, they had a bet, and Kent said, if I win, you have to do one thing I'm going to ask of you. And he never asked anything until this moment, but he says, you know what, Kane? I'm going to ask that you don't like me. That's what I'm going to ask. And you have to do that because you promised you would do one thing for me. And you, I really think in many ways, Kane is one of the most interesting characters I've seen in film for a long time, simply because he, number one, cares without expecting anything in return. And number two, when he sees that if the possibility of a relationship could harm the person he loves, he just says, you know what, I'm going to ask you don't have a relationship with me. And I think that's something that, you know, a lot of shows do not show. If you can, you know, give up everything, if you have everything to lose and nothing to gain, that's an interesting character to honor. And what happens at the end of this is... Soda goes and finds Noah, and Kent and Kane come along with him, along with Kent's assistant, and he basically reproposes to Noah and says, you know, I've been a mess, but I want you to know that I do want to be with you. I don't want to not be with you. Noah basically says, okay, and they get married. Kent makes them a fabulous cake, looks absolutely amazing. And Kane plays a song at their wedding called Lucky Ush, which he wrote for them. The wedding has a live feed for YouTube so that he can also basically tell all the fans that he is not in a relationship with the person he was holding hands with in the hospital, which I'm going, you know, holding hands in the hospital does not necessarily mean you're in a relationship. It means someone's really sick. Okay, just saying, I don't see the correlation there, but there you go, people. Just latch on to something. But... Anyway, at the end of the day, he decides to not give his speech. Instead, he says, you know, I know this is going to cost me, but I'd rather be honest with myself, and I'd rather be honest with the people who support me. And yeah, I do like someone, and yeah, I do love him, and yeah, I'm not going to lie about that. And instead of that causing a huge ruckus on social media as his agent thought it would, it really doesn't. Instead, people are like, 
we're glad you're honest. Good luck. And at the end of this show, um, Kent has made Kane a birthday cake, and they have basically a romantical moment and a wrestle regarding what his wish was. And I really did like the end of this show. I liked that the characters of Kent and Kane were honest with one another, and I also appreciated that they were honest with the world as well. There's quite a bit of things in a lot of relationships where people won't even tell anyone they're in a relationship, whether you're talking about if the person, I mean, this was a show about homosexuals, but you know, it's not about that. I've met people who are not homosexual and won't tell people that they have a girlfriend or a boyfriend because they're worried their families won't approve. And the thing I think that this showed is that can be difficult. Like in the case of Soda and Noah, They'd been together for quite a while, and he'd never told, Soda never told his mom he was with this Noah, or that they were getting married, which I think made Noah feel bad. He's like, you know, you're with me, but you won't tell your family about me. And, you know, it's tricky. It, you know, some families, it's like they're not going to take the news somebody's with somebody well. But at the end of the day, you got to sit there and go, well, they're going to find out anyway. And I'd rather let the, them know now, you know, rather than wait and make the person I love and care about and am with most of the time, who's not my family, who, you know, I only see at Thanksgiving, if that, feel bad because they think I'm ashamed of them in a weird way. And so I think this show kind of brought that to light, too. I loved how the two characters of Kent and Kane, they had a moment, yeah, where Kane did not want to be honest. There's a moment where he just dead face lies that he was not, you know, holding hands with Kent or that Kent helped him to his house after the hospital. But he sits there, he goes, I had that moment, but I'm not having that moment now and I'm going to be honest and I am going to be with Kane. Or Kent, I guess, I'm sorry. And I think that's one of the reasons, again, I did like this show. I would probably give it uh, five for overall quality, but for the characters of Kent and Kane, I give them a ten. I thought they were fabulous, but the show itself was kind of B-rated, to be quite honest. I mean, it did not have the sound effects, so that's good, but it had some just kind of weird acting in it, and it was just kind of, I don't know a nice term for it, so I'm gonna say it, kind of hokey, but it was still interesting. Um, it's better than several BLs that I've seen. Um, like Why Are You, for example, would be one of the worst I've seen for hokiness. This was not like that. This was above par over that. But it still was less than high quality. They could have done a lot better job, I think. And I think it would have maybe been even a better show if we just had left out the whole Noah and Soda thing. Although most people watching this would say they played a pivotal role. If we had pulled that out, we still would have had a good story, but we would have had more screen time with Kit and Kane, which, in my opinion, was the main reason I watched the show, to be quite honest. It had very little to do with Soda and Noah. Um, no offense here, they're just not my kind of characters so much. So, I'm really not sure. I think sometimes they put too many characters in the BL series, and then you're sitting there going, you know, 
after you get above a certain number, it just gets confusing. Now, the one I can say did not have any trouble with it being that way was um, Until We Meet Again. That series did a really good job, even though there were multiple cast members, multiple characters. That one had no problem with continuity. That one had no problem with likability across the board. Are you sitting there going, I really wish they would have cut out this couple. I really wish they wouldn't have had that in it. It didn't have it that way with that. And you had multiple. I mean, you had you had Corn, you had In Touch, you had Pedine, you had Farm, you had um, Win and Team, you had Pedine's sister and brother, you had his parents. I mean, there were a ton of characters. But it wasn't, even though there was a lot of cast, it was, it made sense. It was very, continuity was great. And also it didn't have hokiness, which... Anna's a big fan of no hokiness. But that is my review of Craving You. I am glad I watched it. Will I watch it again? Probably not, to be quite honest. I might watch the last episode again. I enjoyed the last episode. It was funny. It's kind of like Tan Han Chanati. I would definitely watch 9 and 10. Nothing else. And with this one, I'd probably rewatch the 10th episode. Everything else... Probably not gonna ever rewatch. It's just not really my thing. Did I enjoy it? Yeah, it was enjoyable. Was it boring? Did I, you know, look at my phone while I watched because it really was boring? Nope, nothing like that. And I've had to do that before because I'm like, well, I'm gonna finish this, but yeah. But this was not like that. So anyway, that is my review. Check it at the round table. Bye.